up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Singlehood Podcast, coming to you all with a brand new episode. Y'all, I'm so sorry for the <laughs> for my voice. Um, I lost my voice during the week, but hey, I'm just here to encourage you guys to know that anything is possible with Christ Jesus and to stay encouraged. It only gets better from here. So tonight's episode, I wanted to discuss about what we recently, um, you know, just learned this week um concerning the trial of ember geiger or geyer um whatever way you know her last name is pronounced so yes so um tuesday um they were having her trial right um for the 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 murdering of both them jane um which was last september september 6th of 2018 which was last year and tuesday it was said that she Um, was most likely to face up to 99 years in prison so basically for life and then shortly right after that um, on Wednesday when the trial continued everything just changed and they ended up giving her a 10-year sentencing jail sentence and what happened in that courthouse was something that just shocked you can say shocked the whole world, but for us living in the U.S., and since it did happen in the U.S., it shocked America. Um, it wasn't just a cultural shock, but it was, as you can say, or um, how I could describe it to you, it was a culture shock. Um, because a lot of people couldn't really, you know, articulate what was going on. Like, how can, you know, a young man go ahead and forgive his brother's killer? Um, how can a young man not only forgive his brother Caleb, but then he had, you know, um, the the boldness to approach the brother's, you know, his brother's killer and embrace her and hug her. And the story, right, the narrative continues and it's like a family affair. And so we see that the mother, um, Botham Jean's mother, um, also, you know, spoke to reporters and said, hey, I raised my boys, you know, to be Christians. I raised them to do what is right. I raised them to extend grace and forgiveness. And what he did in that courtroom was as a result of, you know, the way he was brought up, the the way that we raised them to be. And so him doing that was him freeing himself of any bitterness that Amber Geyer or Geyser had placed upon him because she was indeed the one who took his brother's life. And so, as you can see, right after all of this happened um, this week, right, you see all over social media and different outlets just speaking on the topic of forgiveness. And um, and I've even seen some comments on social media like Instagram of people saying I'm not on his level or, you know, that the whole thing was out of order. This thing was whack. You know, um, I'm a Christian, but I don't think I'm, I'm serving the same God as them and stuff like that. So I heard a lot of different comments and I thought it was going to be, you know, such a good opportunity for me to really expound on this, on this topic of forgiveness, because I feel like a lot of us, we can't really understand what forgiveness is. So, for example, so most people, when they witness what happened in that courtroom, they some people you can say started to feel guilty and questioning whether they ever forgave um someone who hurt them because maybe perhaps they feel like they had to be like Brent and Jean which is the um younger daughter of excuse me the younger brother of 
both them Jean who passed away last year do I have to embrace you know somebody who you know killed my mother or do I have to embrace the person who maligned my name in public you know so I wanted to really just um just give you guys a view of forgiveness, like a broad view of forgiveness based on the Bible and for us to just see how forgiveness looks like. Because I feel like after this whole event, a lot of people only have one image of forgiveness. But in reality, you know, there's there's not one image of forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is multifaceted. OK, so forgiveness have, you know, different angles. And I just wanted to encourage you, um, if you haven't, you know, you know, struggling in this department, right, in this area of your life to forgive, that this episode is for you. You are in good company and um, the word of God has a lot to say about it. And so, in short, I just want to go ahead and dive in to the discussion with y'all on this um, episode for tonight. And um, I just want you guys to bear with me because, again, we're going to look at scripture. And there's three stories in mind that I want to go ahead and share with you guys. And these three stories, um, these three stories um, are concerning different Bible figures, right? Um, and different scenarios. And I went ahead and um, chose these three because I believe that for many of us, we fit perfectly in one of those categories. We fit perfectly um, in, in one of these um, situations that these characters um, were going through um, when it came to forgiveness. And so I want to go ahead and share with you all the story of um, Paul and Barnabas. I'm not going to go ahead and go too much in depth with it, but I'll go ahead and read a few verses. And we're going to be reading this passage from Acts 15, verse 36 to 39. And here it goes. It says this. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. And had not continued with them in their work. Verse 39. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyrus. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. All right. So we just read Acts 15, verse 36 and 39. So basically, you know, Paul and excuse me, Paul and Barnabas, they had, you know, they had a you know, a disagreement and the disagreement based on the word of God, you know, was so strong between the two men that they separated. When I read this text, although it does not state here whether um, there was any type of reconciliation, but knowing the character of Paul and how the Bible describes Paul, you know, as being, you know, uh, an apostle of the Lord who was called to preach um, to the Gentiles, um, you know, he's someone that was really, you know, serious about his faith in Jesus and carrying out the purpose that God has for his life. I'm telling you, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to say that he never forgave Barnabas and Barnabas never forgave Paul. I don't think that was, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think that was what went down. Um, but the Bible did in fact say there was separation. And um, the reason why I chose this story is to really show you guys that, 
you know, forgiveness, you know, when someone practices forgiveness to someone else or extend forgiveness to somebody else who hurt them, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be reconciliation within that relationship. Um, so here in this story, as I mentioned, they did in fact separate it. They had a some they had fr- a, a friendship with one another. They were partners in ministries, right? Ministry to the to the Lord, right? Um, to advance the kingdom of God on the earth. But because of this disagreement, the Bible lets us know they separated it. Excuse me, separated. Um, but again, I'm giving you guys the benefit of the doubt that I don't I don't believe um, there was unforgiveness in Paul's heart, but I believe there was some type of um, disagreement. Um, um, straight to the point disagreement and so um, excuse me y'all and so a lot of us we believe that when we forgive somebody then that means we're obliged or we're obligated to reconcile with this person and so I just want to encourage you guys and I just want to let you guys know don't view what happened this week as if you know, to force yourself to reconcile to someone that you know that will be harmful to your life or that you know will cause you to live a life in bitterness. The Bible doesn't tell us to do that. The Bible tells us to forgive, but you will notice that the Bible never tells us to reconcile. Um, From that being said, one main person we could all say we see that shows us a, a an example of forgiveness and reconciliation coexisting is of our savior and lord jesus christ not only did jesus forgive us but jesus made the way for us to have reconciliation again with father god and again to have perfect union with him with our heavenly father and our wonderful counselor holy spirit and so I just wanted to share this to just take that notion away uh, from you all. If you guys feel like, <coughs> man, what I witnessed um, in the news today concerning um, the trial, I have to, I have to be friends with so and so, or I have to, you know, um, continue to allow so and so to, you know, be in my life and stuff like that. That's not always the case here. And we see this example here in the passage we just read from Acts 15, verse 36 to 39. And the thing is, they both continued on with their lives. They both continued on with ministry. They both continued to serve God. And, and um, you know, they continued to do what they were called to do. And they just kept it going. But there was just separation. And um, I want to go ahead and share you guys, share with you guys another story from the bible when it comes to the topic of forgiveness and how it looks like so from reading acts um chapter 15 you see a a image right you see a face of forgiveness forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to need to hug somebody who hurt you it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to give that person a phone call who hurt you Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to even tell that person you forgave them you know, forgiveness at times, you know, it's, it's, it's inwardly. Sometimes it's between you and the Lord. The person probably doesn't have any clue that you forgave them or not. All right. Um, 
let's go ahead and read the next story. The next story I would like to share with you guys is the story of Jacob and Esau. Now, Jacob and Esau, they were twin brothers, as the Bible says, right? And we know from Genesis, Jacob deceived Esau in giving him his birthright. Esau was the firstborn, but Jacob wanted his birthright and deceived him by um, self, you know, by giving him a pot of stew, right? <clears throat> or the Bible describes a pot of game in some translations. And Esau was like, man, go ahead. Go ahead and just give it to me. And he ended up eating the stew. Um, and Jacob ended up having his birthright. And from, from that point on, Esau had a bitterness towards Jacob. Um, Esau then realized, you know, what he did was, <laughs> was the most stupidest decision he could have ever made. And then... As we read from the word of God, um, we know that Jacob ended up being the one that was preferred um, by God. The Bible says, okay, you know, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate. And to me, you know, my own personal view um, concerning that part of um, the Bible concerning when God said, Jacob, I love and Esau, I hate. I don't necessarily um, believe is God saying, you know, I really hate Esau and, you know, I only love Jacob. No, I feel like that he already had in mind, right? He already predestined before time to really use Jacob um, to, to um, be uh, like a patriarch for, for the people of Israel. He wanted to bless him in that capacity. It had nothing to do really with him just, you know, right off the bat hating um, Esau. And so we know that they both were blessed. So although even God said such a bold statement, he still blessed Esau, right? They were both blessed. They were both given possessions. They were give, both given um, land. And there was a point of time, you would have probably thought that um, God was actually not telling the truth. But we know that God is not a man to lie, as the Bible says. But Esau was living the life. And we see here Jacob was really kind of struggling. <laughs> Jacob was really kind of struggling. And um and when you guys have time, you could read it. It's coming from Genesis verse excuse me. We're 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 going off of Genesis 33. Um that's what we're going to be reading tonight. But uh a couple of chapters before then, you will see the narrative um that I'm explaining, right? That I'm describing to you guys. You'll notice and you're saying to yourself, what? Jacob is the one that God blessed, but Esau looked like he's living the life. And so enough of that. Let me go ahead and um, read it to you all. Genesis 33. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 5. I'm going to be reading it and then we're just going to go ahead and um, discuss what we read. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. All right, so Genesis 33, verse 1 to 5 says, Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. All right. But Esau ran to meet Jacob. I love this. Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him 
he threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept then esau looked up and saw the women and children who are these with you he asked i'm gonna pause right there and so basically here right off the bat we notice that here it seems that esau and jacob did not see each other for a very long time for a very long time it seems that after you know esau realized that jacob was going to get all of the blessings all of the inheritance right from his father from his father isaac he was like you know what i don't i don't want nothing to do with jacob but here we see here there's a type of meetup between the two and it says here again let's 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 look at the verse four but esau ran to meet jacob and embraced him he threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept when you pay close attention to that part and they wept here you see there's mutual affection here you see there's there, there's mutual reconciliation there's reconciliation between the two of them it's not a one-way street but the two of them are interacting in this manner. Let me just go ahead and pause here. When it comes to forgiveness, we see here that forgiveness at times, it is a process. And here we see there was a process of forgiveness between the two of the two men, between Esau and Jacob. <coughs> they, hadn't, they hadn't seen each other for a very long time. And I'm pretty sure during that span of time, they were probably just reflecting on what went down in their youth, right? Or what went down um, <laughs> um, um, from the scenario when, you know, Esau came from having a long day working the land, you know, and getting game, you know. And then you here have Jacob already, you know, plotting his plan with his mama to try to steal the birthright from Esau. And so from that being said, you can tell that there was bitterness and there was just separation. They hadn't talked for years to the point where Esau didn't even know Jacob's children. He didn't even, perhaps he didn't even know Jacob had children. If you look at verse five, it says, then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? <coughs> If he knew that Jacob had a family, there's no reason for him to have said, who are these with you? But here we see that he had no idea. So that, guys, it's been a while, y'all, since they talk. So we see here that although, although Jacob for sure deceived Esau, we see here Esau is the one that's taking that step. That's taking that step. And embracing Jacob. Esau ends up embracing Jacob before Jacob embraced him. And the Bible says he wrapped his arms, right? He he threw his arms around Jacob's neck and kissed Jacob. <coughs> Where am I going here with this? Where I'm going here with this, y'all, is that for some people, forgiveness will look like that. Just like Brent Jean did to Amber geyser in that courtroom for some people forgiveness will look like that it will manifest as an affection right as a hug or as a phone call of you saying hey 
you know, I would really, you know, would like to see you, you know, I, I forgive you, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, have any bitterness towards you concerning what you did to me five years ago, concerning what you said about, to, you know, about me five years ago. I want to just make things right, you know, I just want for us to get along again. For some people, forgiveness will look like that. And we see here the forgiveness was mutual. The reconciliation was mutual between um, Esau and Jacob. And we see here that that forgiveness was not automatic. All right? The forgiveness between Esau and Jacob was not automatic. It happened over time. It was a process. It was a process. It took them a while to forgive. All right, the whole journey to forgiveness didn't happen to them automatically or suddenly. But here, let's go quickly back to Acts 15 again. The separation between Paul and Barnabas, that was actually instant. Although there was no reconciliation, but that thing, man, it was instantly, you know? But it was a mutual agreement to separate. Even there, they were mutually agreeing to separate. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. All right. Lastly, I want to go ahead and share a story, a narrative. And this narrative is about um, Stephen. Some people pronounce his name Stephen. Um, it is spelled in the way as Stephen. And the Bible describes him as an evangelist, as a man, you know, who was a man of God. You know, he was a man of the, of the spirit. Um, he was anointed. Um, he was well-versed. You know, he was wise and so forth. But, you know, at the time before Paul became the Paul that we love him to be from the word of God, he was Saul. And he was Saul the one who constantly would, you know, um, persecute God's people and would actually take pleasure in seeing God's people suffer, getting killed and um, going to jail. And um, we see here, before I go ahead and read the verse, I'm just giving you guys a quick synopsis of the story. We see here, you know, in the word of God that Paul, in fact, <coughs> excuse me, y'all, Paul, in fact, but before he became Paul, Saul ordered um, the, his troops or those that he was in connection with to actually kill um, Stephen. He actually encouraged Stephen to get stoned. And we see here that while Stephen was getting stoned to death, he literally is saying to God, forgive them. They know not what they do. And a lot of the times, even um, Christian theologians, um, they see Stephen as really being a representation of what Jesus was going to do for us when he accepted to suffer, you know, on our behalf and, you know, to be crucified and die on the cross on our behalf in order for us to be forgiven of our sins and um, to have relationship with God again. Now, mind you, when Stephen was saying, Father, forgive them, Stephen, although he knew he was getting, you know, um, <clears throat> killed by those people, he was getting stoned to death. His focus was not on them. His focus was on God. It's not like, you know, he was saying, Paul, I forgive you, Paul. Although you the one that's causing me to die right now, I forgive you. No, he was having that dialogue with the Lord. He wasn't looking at the people who were stoning him to death. 
excuse me, but he was acknowledging to God that, Lord, I forgive them. And I'm actually even willing to pray that you would forgive them too, because what they're doing is not right. It's unjust, but I'm just pleading with you to forgive them. I am assured I know where I'm going. And the Bible says that he saw the glory of the Lord and he saw the Lord. He saw Jesus himself, you know, standing, standing in the right hand of God, in the right hand of God, the right side of God, right? And so when we look at that story, I'm going to go ahead and read it quickly. Acts 7 verse 60, it says, Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. I want you guys to pay close attention to what happened. This scenario concerning Stephen, as we're learning up on the topic of forgiveness, y'all, I want to always continue on saying this so we, we don't get lost here. Mind you, y'all, he's he's dying, <laughs> literally. And just instantly, he just forgives them. Stephen's forgiving, forgiving um, the people who was literally killing him, stoning him to death was automatic. It wasn't a process, to be honest with you. It didn't happen over time, but it happened instantly. And the reason why I'm putting so much emphasis on instantly is to show y'all that, you know, for some of us, forgiveness, God will give you the grace to do it instantly. He will just give you the nature. Even if somebody does something very messed up to you, you're going to be like, you know what? I forgive them. I forgive them. And it's not like you're going to say, I forgive you with a smile, but you, you know, you know that God has given you the grace and the strength through Christ to forgive because the Bible already tells us, you know, because he has forgiven us, we ought to forgive others. And everything that we do, y'all, is to imitate Christ. And so when you're forgiving people, you're imitating Jesus himself. You're showing God that you are his son, that when he sees you, he sees his son because you're partaking in the activities or in the actions that his son would have done. Now here, I want to point this out too. As I've said earlier, when Stephen was saying to the Lord, you know, forgive them of their sin, we know here the fact that he's declaring to God or he's praying to God to forgive them shows us that he himself has uh, had already forgiven them. We know here that his attention is up looking at the glory of God. So his attention is, you know, up to the heavens. He's looking at the sky. He's not looking at them. <coughs> Excuse me. He's not looking at the people who are stoning him. Pay attention to that, y'all. He's not looking. He wasn't looking to the people that were stoning him, showing us that forgiveness doesn't have to be a face-to-face -face interaction. It doesn't have to be a face-to-face meetup. You can literally forgive someone instantly without even looking at that person, without even, you know, um, giving that person a phone call, without even, um, you know, even wanting to reconcile with that person. But in your spirit, you have that grace that God has given you to forgive them instantly, although you're not, you're not physically present with them or you're not in the same room with them am i saying that you shouldn't that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that whether you are present with that person that you forgave or whether you're you've forgiven them in their absence 
is that forgiveness is forgiveness. Like literally, the very act that you forgave is something really, you know, um, just amazing. And, and God himself being the sovereign God, being omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, there's nothing hidden from the Lord, y'all. God himself will know true forgiveness. God himself will know whether we truly forgave somebody who hurt us. He will know. So you don't have to doubt and say, man, I'm, I'm not sure I... I'm not sure I forgave this person. Now, if you're saying, I'm not sure I forgave that person, then you need to go to God and pray and say, Lord, what this individual did for me, excuse me, did to me was very messed up. You know, it, it kept me bitter for sure. Um, and I was very low. You know, I was very low because of their action towards me. But I just want to please you. You see, forgiveness is us wanting to please God. It's not even about the other individual. Like, seriously. It's us wanting to please God. Let's go ahead and put it to, let's go ahead and put the light on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ again. I believe Jesus died for us because he loved us. Okay, I believe that. But to be honest with you, I believe most importantly is because he wanted to do the will of his father. When Jesus withdrew and prayed before he was going to get arrested and to later on be crucified, he prayed a prayer. He said, let, let not my will be done but yours, okay? He didn't say, you know, let me do this for the people or let me do this because I love the people. He didn't say that. He said, let not my will be done but yours. Jesus' love for the Father is profound. It's like nothing that, you know, we, we, we could really grasp. And so the main purpose of Jesus dying was for him to really show his father that he wants to please him. It was really Jesus himself showing God, you know, Lord, Father, I love you and I've always wanted to please you. That has always been my greatest desire. No offense, y'all. I'm not saying Jesus doesn't love us, but I'm saying for real, that was his main purpose of dying. You know, that's one of his main purpose of dying. It was just really showing God the father that he can trust him even being called even being equally god himself right but that he knows that his love for the father you know is what draws him to do whatever the father tells him to do and that's why he wanted to do the will of his father because he knew that that was the intent that was the reason before him that god the father sent him on the earth to do all right Ooh, all right, y'all. We're almost done. So when we see here what happened this week in that courtroom during that trial of the murdering of both during that trial of the um, Dallas officer who murdered Botham Jean. We see here a picture. We see here a picture of, I would say, hmm, wow. We see here literally, if I could categorize Brent Jean, which was the younger daughter, excuse me, the younger, I don't know, I'm saying daughter, the younger brother of 
Botham Jean, who unfortunately passed last year, we could fit him in that category of of what it is Jesus really did for us. And I'll explain. When we spoke about Paul, when we spoke about Paul and Barnabas, we showed you guys that they mutually agreed to separate and go do their own thing, right? But they were on one accord because they both wanted to still, you know, do ministry. They still wanted to serve God's people. <clears throat> but they separated. But as as I said before, I do believe the men, they didn't, I don't, I don't think they harbored um, bitterness toward each other. I believe that they were bigger than that. But there was separation. The Bible doesn't know, like, you know, they reconcile, okay? Now, when we look at the story of Esau and Jacob, we see here that there was forgiveness and there was also reconciliation between the two individuals, all right? When we see the story of Stephen, y'all, those people who was throwing those stones at Stephen, they didn't say Stephen, you know, you know, I accept your forgiveness or, you know, Stephen, I'm sorry, forgive me. They didn't say that. This was a one-way, a one-way street. It was Stephen who was actually, you know, saying, you know, God, forgive them. I forgive them in my spirit, Lord. For you, Lord God, you see the heart. God already knew Stephen. Um, forgive them. And here he is boldly saying to God as he looked up at the glory of the Lord saying, forgive them. He forgave them right away, knowing that regardless that, that he would still die that they would still kill him okay when we see now the picture of jesus we see here <coughs> jesus willingly dying for us forgiving us even if we don't accept his 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 invitation to salvation his invitation to accept him as lord and savior of your life of our lives he still forgave us anyways okay and he still embraced himself to us anyways all right by dying for us for any sin that we will ever commit or have already committed when we look at Brent Jean, the younger brother of Bottom Jean, who died, right? We see here a representation of forgiveness, the way the Lord himself exercised forgiveness. He says to the woman, I'm just paraphrasing. He said, I don't want you to rot in prison. I don't want anything bad to happen for you, you know, to happen to you. You know, if you're really sorry in your heart. And that's what God tells us all the time, my friends. If you come to me, if you confess of your sins, that is how we show God that we are sorry with all of our heart, that he will be faithful to forgive us. That's what the word of God says, y'all. And we see this young man. He, he, he goes and asks the judge, can I hug her? He hugged the lady. Y'all, I can tell you for sure Brent Jean forgave Amber Geiger. But I can't tell you if Amber Geiger accepted that. And I can't tell you if um, Amber Geiger even feel guilt. Okay? Um, 
because I didn't hear a response for her to uh, from her. Now I, I hear all the statements from um, Brent Jean, but I, I didn't hear any words from Ember. I don't know if Ember said, "Wow." That's so amazing how you can forgive me when I killed your brother. Like, I would I would love to see that if they will give her an opportunity to speak, you know, what, you know, if she have anything to say, you know, concerning what took place. But I didn't hear her statement. So from that being said, I can't really know if Ember, you know, I can't really know if Ember accepted forgiveness from Brett and if Ember asks for forgiveness you see you see so here I can see too that sometimes forgiveness can be reciprocated you know um not always I, I say can't be at times <coughs> but in closing because I don't want to stay for long and y'all I've been coughing up a storm excuse me for that I just wanted to just really illustrate to you guys the faces of forgiveness. While you're listening to this podcast, perhaps there is a category that you fit perfectly in. I just want to encourage you, though, don't try to imitate someone else's way of forgiving. To try to, like, feel that, you know, you... You're more, you're, you're more, you're more like Jesus if you do it this way or that way. No, know that forgiveness, the way that you do it, it's going to be a matter of God's spirit. Matter of fact, just leading you in the way to do it. The way I forgive someone may not be the way that you forgive someone. But the key word in those two statements is forgive forgiveness God himself is the ultimate judge he will know if you truly forgave that person who hurt you and he will know as well if you're truly you know you know feel convicted for a wrong that you've caused towards someone else that's another that's another episode or story for another day you know when you're the one who did the wrong you know how how are you able to ask that person to forgive you do you ask that person to forgive you or do you go to God and say Lord I've I've, I've ask you to forgive me of what I had done to this person okay so that's another story but I just wanted to share that um to give you guys something to think about something to reflect on and you know just encourage you to know you know that forgiveness without God is impossible I'm gonna go ahead and say this forgiveness without God is impossible you need God to be able to forgive you can't forgive with your own strength the spirit of God He's the one that's going to give you that grace, that ability to forgive. And that is one of the reasons why the whole United States were shocked at what took place in the courtroom. Because many of these people, they, they, they're not Christian. They don't know about the Christian faith. And so they were shocked by that because they weren't brought up that way. You know, um, but I believe what took place, especially during the time that we're living in, it, it was... Um, it was meant to take place. I feel that we all could learn from this experience. And I even feel that the world is scratching their head. And the world, you know, is even taking the time, you know, taking the time to reflect and say, wow, like, maybe there's not that many. Maybe there are some good people in the world. Or, you know, how can this person do that? I want to be able to do that. And so it gives us the opportunity to really to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ 
and to really show people, you know, what um, Christianity is all about and also the love of God and what we have as a benefit um, of being sons and daughters of God. We, we are able to forgive. We have, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We know that our, you know, salvation is secure and guaranteed and that we are citizens of heaven. We know that even in suffering and struggling that God is with us and that God is for us and that God is not a man to lie and that he is faithful. And, you know, even in the midst of persecution that we know we have an eternal home and that we have eternal life, that physical death doesn't scare us because we know that God, even if, you know, we die today, we know where we're going. We know that we're going to be with him. Like Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so the most important thing that any of us could ever do with our life is to serve God, to accept his gift of salvation and to say, yes, Lord, I accept your gift of salvation. I confess of my sins. I choose you as my Lord and my Savior. Go ahead and do as you will with my life. Right? Um, just quickly to close with this. I'll close with this. Um, I'll close with my own personal story of forgiveness. One instant where I had to forgive an individual. And this happened years ago. Um... Yeah, it happened years ago, y'all. I'm 24 now, and this happened when I was seven years ago. So it was a you know a long, long time ago. And um, I was at school, and I was in after school. It was an aftercare program, and there was this girl, but she she was a little bit older than me. She was about two years older than me. And then I was minding my own business, y'all. I was just minding my own business, doing my own thing. And then she approached me. And the way that she approached me, um, she approached me as if she wanted to show me something interesting or she wanted to, like, you know, play a type of game with me and stuff like that. And um, I just went ahead, you know, not to be mean. I was like, okay, fine, cool, you know, let's go. So she grabbed my hand. And at first, when she grabbed my hand, she grabbed it normally. And then all of a sudden, she grabbed it with force. And she swung me, and as she swung me, I ended up hitting my head to to this metal cart. So I ended up hitting my head against this metal cart, rather. And that metal cart, at first I thought it hit my head, but it actually hit my eye, y'all. Imagine a metal cart. You guys know how metals look like. Metal is heavy, <laughs> All right, those of you who go to the gym, you lift up weights, okay? Metal is heavy. So imagine a metal car, all right? A metal car is bigger than a dumbbell, okay? I literally hit my eye on the metal car. And the person who caused this whole situation was that girl. And I can tell you guys, honestly, I'm not going to say her name, but I, I remember her first name and I, and I still even remember her last name. Seriously, I really do. <laughs> Until this day, y'all, I still have difficulty um, with the injury that it kept on me, that, that event, you know, that, um, that hit that I had to the eye. So I'm still living with a deficit because of that. Now, I literally can't tell you 
how I was able to forgive without having to say that it could have only been God. Being so young, I didn't even know what the word forgiveness was, but I felt in my heart, I felt the spirit of God in my heart, even that young, just really tugging my heart and saying, you know what, Jessica, you know what, JLP, go ahead and um, forgive her. It was so difficult. Now, my forgiveness didn't happen instantly, but I can tell you it didn't take that long um, because I ended up forgiving her um, like just a, like just a few weeks after the fact, I would say, because I was still seven years old at, at the time. It's not like this happened to me at seven years old and I ended up forgiving her all the way when I turned 18, no. So I can tell you Jesus himself, the Spirit of God, allowed me to forgive this individual and I remember even going back um sometimes when I'm just you know just reflecting over my life I'm literally saying you know Lord I just hope that wherever she is um that she you know she wouldn't feel any condemnation but that she would freely accept God's forgiveness as well um concerning what happened and I'm just thankful that the Lord really helped me to forgive her so early on in life. Was it easy? No. But was it worth it? Yes. And until this day, I can tell you I truly forgave her because I don't have any bitterness towards her. And I can tell you that that experience really even edified me more. It's so weird to say, but going through that just really just gave me a deeper knowledge of how to forgive and what forgiveness looked like. And, um, and I'm grateful for that. And so thank you so much, guys, for being here to listen to this podcast episode. I really hope that you guys were blessed. Excuse me again for my voice and coughing. Um, but yes, yeah, so know that forgiveness is impossible without God. You need God to forgive. Don't stress out. Don't worry yourself. No, you don't have to be friends with, with some people that you forgive. But in everything, bring God into the equation. Talk, talk it out with God and he will lead you um, concerning you know what method of forgiveness you should take. Whether you should forgive and reconcile, whether you should forgive from a distance and so forth. All right. It was JLP. Until next time, take care and peace out. Remember, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Thank you.